Good morning, good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Lester uh, Sharon Hayes here this morning, along with uh, Pastor Phoebe and Pastor Eric Davis this morning on this great getting up Sunday morning, uh, February the 19th, 2023, year of our Lord. Amen. Uh, year of the truth seekers. Amen. As we're embarking on this this journey this year to seek the truth in all areas of our life. Uh, this morning on the creating a prayer culture for God, uh, early morning school of healing, virtual wellness center. And uh, we've been learning a lot of things about the truth and how it applies to everything in our life that pertains to life and godliness. Uh, we just come off of a year of learning how to strive and aim and build a uh, future of optimal overall wellness and we learned a lot of truths uh, in the Bible uh, concerning spiritual wellness and physical wellness and you know financial wellness emotional wellness environmental wellness occupational wellness and social wellness and now we're seeking more truth just about uh, life things that go on in life and everything that pertains to that life and godliness for us to learn that we may understand God's plan for us is to enjoy life, you know, and not to dread life and to hate life and to complain about life and bicker and murmur about life. And so God want to establish us in the truth. And so we started this journey here in the year of our Lord, 2003, as truth seekers, amen, so that when we seek the truth and know the truth, we become better stewards, better uh, instruments and vessels in the hand of God to help others know the truth. Because we have learned, according to the word in the book of John, chapter 8, verse 32 of the King James Bible, that God wants us to know the truth. Why? Because the truth will make us free. And if he, being the truth, declared by himself in the book of John, chapter 14, verse 6 of the King James Bible, if he makes us free, if he sets us free, then we are free indeed. And he uses the truth to be able to do that. And that's what's so, so beautiful about it, is God has given us everything we need that pertains to life and godliness that we may enjoy. And trying to enjoy life without the truth becomes a struggle. We like to say the way of a transgressor is hard. We try to go against the truth. We try to do it the truth that we understand and how we like to do it and what we are used to doing. And a lot of times that creates a lot of challenges, unnecessary challenges we call. But if you just get established in the truth and learn the truth and now you can walk in the truth, meaning live by the truth, you're pleasing God, number one. And we have peace of mind. We know we did it God's way. Uh, and we understand that the opposite of that is, you know, ill-gotten gain. And any gain outside of doing it God's way is no gain at all. And so we've been dealing with this subject matter of uh, financial freedom. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about that this morning. Uh, we've really been being blessed having our son Tony on. And uh, I don't know whether he's on this morning and have anything to share but nevertheless, uh, I did not speak with him this week uh, about it. And uh, we know he's a busy man, but if he's not there, you know, to chime in, I'm going to go ahead and share what the Lord laid on my heart, which all pertains to financial wellness, and um, just speak to you a little bit. So just uh, kind of bear with me there as we get into the word this morning. I'm already sure it's going to be a blessing because it's been a blessing to me. 
we like to tell people anytime you go into the word of God to learn anything about anything, regardless of what the subject matter is that pertains to our life and godliness. We want godliness in our life. We want to live a godly life. We want to live a life that's pleasing to God. And the best way to do that is you got to have a good, solid foundation. And we know there's no greater foundation that can be laid than the one that has already been laid which was the teaching, the original teaching of the apostles and the prophets, where we know Jesus Christ was their foundation. Jesus Christ is that foundation. I mean, Jesus Christ is that foundation. And upon his teaching that the apostles and prophets took out and taught and prophesied and foretold, Jesus Christ was always the center of the focus. Jesus Christ was always what we say in the Bible, the chief cornerstone of every building. And except he built that house, all the labor that we put forth is in vain. Amen. So we're going to pick up this, this study this morning out of the book. Again, this is Pastor Lesson, Sharon Hayes, along with Pastor Peter and Pastor Eric Davis of More Than Conquer Words Christ Ministry. We're going to pick up our study this morning on, you know, finding, and you may, a lot of this may go above and beyond just financial. We have so many other areas in our life that we want to be well in. And so far, so good, because we've, we've decided to do it God's way. We decided to gain, uh, you know, what we gain that profits us uh, according to the word, because we know that the Lord said in the book of three, John uh, chapter one, verse two, he said, beloved, I wish above King James Bible. I wish above all things that I would prosper and be in health, even as your soul prosper. We know this is how the way of life for us prospers. And we're going to delve into this uh, this morning again and try to build our case this morning or broaden our understanding about financial wellness, which also ties over into because if you if you if you're financially well, I'm not talking about going out here being so wealthy, you buying six million dollar yachts and, and 18 bedroom houses with nine bed. We're not talking about that kind of stuff because that only lasts so long. And then before you know it. You know, somebody done broke into it, destroyed it, storm destroyed it, and now we're heartbroken. But when you are wealthy according to what God has said, that's permanent. That never changes. It never changes. Now, that's godly gain. That's gain. You know, you can call it gain. But we want to take a look this morning in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6. It's like 22 verses. I'm not going to try to go through all these verses. I saved a portion of these for the next time. But I do want to try to delve into this because I think there's some significant lessons to be learned that pulled out of this uh, that will help us, amen, to benefit us. And um, so we just we just want to open with prayer this morning and get into the lesson. Fathers, we come this morning in awesome, incredible, amazing name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. First, Lord, we enter into your presence with thanksgiving. We come into your course with praise this morning. We thank you for what you've already done. We thank you for what you're doing. And Father, we thank you and extremely excited about what you yet to do, God. And we have your word on it, God. And therefore, Father, we are so excited because what the Lord said. And so we thank and praise you this morning for what have already been declared. We give you all the praise. We give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. Now, Holy Ghost, we ask you to have your way this morning. You, the spirit of truth this morning. You who have come down from as a promise from the Father to walk alongside of us, to help us to work our way through this maze called life that can be so challenging sometimes. But God, as we look into your perfect law of liberty and continue therein, James said that we would have success, not only success, but good success. You will cause us to prosper in everything and every way, God, of life. And so we thank you, Father God. We would even be in health, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord God, as we feed our soul the word of God. We pray this morning that your word will be hidden in our hearts, that we sin not against you. Cause us to know 
truth in our inward parts and wisdom in our innermost being. We thank you this morning that we declare victory, Lord God, over our financial freedom, our financial health, our financial future, and our financial wellness, along with every other area in our life that we've been studying and seeking it and educating ourselves and becoming knowledgeable of the truth, God, because everything you do, it pertains to life and God in this garden. So we thank you this morning for that pursuit that you've given us as our sovereign God and creator, not only us, but others who shall benefit from these teachings of God, that we may have happiness in life and that we may have life and liberty to, to enjoy it. And so we thank and praise you for it this morning. As you have shared it with us, God, prepare us to be able to share it with others. And we give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honors. We worship you this morning in spirit and in truth. As we look to you this morning, God, the finish and developer of our faith, thank you for helping us this morning, Lord God, to understand your word. Thank you for enlightening us. Thank you that at the entrance of thy word, it gives light in this area, God, that we no longer walk in darkness concerning any subject matter, any area that pertains to our life and godliness. We thank you for it. Now, this rich treasure that you have set before us, help us this morning to feed our soul, to feed our spirits, Lord God, that we may be free people, Lord God, that we can be able to help free others, oh God, from the bondage of financial, Lord God, your God gain. So we give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor this morning for knowing the truth. And that truth we know, God, and now learn will make us free in the area of financial freedom. We thank you for it now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Again, this is Pastor Lester Hayes this morning. Along here with, uh, again, our wife, Pastor Sharon Hayes, and Pastor Peter and Pastor Harry. We're just so excited. Got so many wonderful reasons to be excited this day. Later on, we're going to hear in our service today from our very own Pastor Phoebe and Pastor Sharon. They're going to be bringing the word today in our 11 o'clock service. So if I would get to extend the invitation to you, I extend it now, amen, before I open up the word. So let's get into the word this morning. Again, I want to talk out of the book, or teach a little bit out of the book this morning in the School of Healing Virtual Wellness Center. Uh, out of the book of First Timothy, chapter 6, verse 1, uh, probably get about halfway through these 22 verses this morning. We'll just see how the time uh, is managed this morning and as the Holy Spirit uh, leads and guides us. Subject I want to talk to you about this morning, kind of a subject I've been, I've been touring with. Uh, you know, a lot of times I hear things and I write them down and sometimes there's one word. Sometimes it's a full statement and sometimes it's a question, but I always look for God when I'm when I'm trying to figure out what to say to the people of God, what they need to hear. I always look at how would it sound to me? How, how, how does it to me? And a lot of times if I taste and see that it is good, that's not a guarantee that someone else is going to taste it and be just as good to them. But that's the risk we take as preachers, you know, being first partakers tastes good to me. I'm thinking it ought to taste good to someone else. And I won't ever know until I share it. I won't ever know until, you know, God release me or give me scriptures. And I think that anybody who's seeking the truth, any time you can get access to the truth, you ought to count it as a time and a, and a, and a, and a space <clears throat> where there's a lot of people living their life without the truth. And that's a, that's, that's a transgressing way to live. It's very hard. It's very difficult when our sovereign God has given to all of us, every person on this earth, every being that enable right for happiness, to pursue happiness, life and liberty. And how can you do it without knowing the truth? And this is kind of what he told Peter. Peter, who do men say that I am? OK, Peter, who do you say that I am? 
And the truth is, is what enlightens us to who he is, tells us what he's able to do and what he's done and what he's going to do. And with that knowledge, man, I'm telling you, we, we prosper because that's how our souls prosper. That's how our way prosper. That's how we have good health in all these areas. It's what God has said in the scripture. And so I want to speak this morning from a subject that I believe God gave it to me, kind of piecemeal that gave me some the other day, gave me a little bit more than the next day. And just a few minutes ago when I sat down here and opened up to my text, bam, it's like a whole light went off and I was able to put it, make it personal. And here's, here was a personal piece that I added to what I was going to talk about. And it says, our attitudes and our understanding determines how we use our riches or our wealth or our gains. And I thought that was just so profound to me now. You know, it's those pieces, those blocks, those blocks, those building blocks, those foundational stones just fell in place. It all comes down to our attitude, or I say my attitude. And my attitude, I pray and hope sometimes is, you know, supported and our attitudes support each other because we're all seeking to know the truth. We're seeking the truth. And so if we're all seeking the truth, let's have that in common. Let's, let's not be divided about it because we have to have God's word in common. All believers. If not, the house is divided against itself. We as church are divided against ourselves. And we know what happens when that happens. The house falls. Don't just fall. The Bible says great will be the fall of it. You know, it'll be destroyed. This is why a lot of people, I believe, are suffering in the areas of finances. Because they're managing their finances. They got the attitude toward their finances. Don't know where some of them get it from sometimes. You know, they got the, the understanding is what, what it is. They lean to what they think is right about their finance. And rightly so. That's their money. They earned it. Uh, you know, they bought it. They purchased it. You know, they're struggling with it. And I have to, in turn, internally look back within myself and say, okay, do I agree with that? Do I practice that way or do I look at my finances that way? Do I understand my finances that way? So it all comes down to my attitude. When it comes down to my financial wellness, it starts with my attitude about it. And if my attitude is not fashioned or molded or based on what God says, it's ill-gotten gain. It falls outside of the realm of financial wellness when he's already said what he wishes for me, wishes for us, that we prosper and be in health even as our soul prospers. So I get my my attitude flows out of my soul and my soul is saved. I got the right attitude. You can't have the right attitude out of an unsaved soul. And you can't your soul can't be saved without the word, without the truth, making you free. And there's unfortunately, there's a lot of wealthy, rich people out there because they have the wrong attitude about their finances, about wealth, about money. They have no peace. I mean, they got all their money and still have no peace. And it comes right down to their attitude about their money. They make it a God. They worship it. And God is jealous. He, 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 uh, God, holy, holy, holy. Sometimes he takes it back from them because they got the wrong attitude. They got the wrong understanding. You know, what do I mean, Pastor? Like the more they get, Pastor Phoebe, Pastor, the more they want. They just go run out here, man, and start buying up a bunch of stuff, accumulating a bunch of stuff, thinking that they're going to find peace of mind and, you know, they're satisfied and living in fear because they're afraid somebody's going to rob them, somebody's going to break in and take it from them, you know. And it's the wrong attitude to have. And so this is what I want to talk about is that our attitude, and I say our because I want to include this universally for anybody out there that hears this. Because this benefits, this will benefit anybody who got an ear to hear it. 
Because it's going to be about God's word. And if you treat seeking truth, know the truth, you can be made free right now today, this morning about what I'm getting ready to tell you. Uh, so our attitudes and you can't you got to couple our attitudes, regardless of what shaped it, where you adopted it from, where you inherited from, who put you, who, 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 who messed up your attitude, regardless, you have ownership of it. That's your attitude toward, you know, your finances, toward your health. Towards who you are spiritually, who God is to you. Same thing he told Peter. Who do men say that? What is their attitude about me, Peter? Okay, Peter, well, who do you say that? He was helping Peter to adjust his attitude. Now, you got to remember before that conversation, Peter had a pretty rough attitude. And the Lord already knew. He said, Peter, you don't understand. Satan is at the door designed to sift you like we to mess up your attitude or take you off the deep end. But he said, I prayed for you. Well, guess what? He's prayed for us too. Still interceding for us, trying to help us get the right attitude going forward. And we got to have the right attitude about our, our spiritual wellness, our physical wellness, our emotional wellness, our financial wellness, our occupational wellness, our environmental wellness, and our social wellness. If we plan to be well. Why? He called us beloved, I wish above all things. He didn't say it was automatic. He said, I wish that your attitude would be of such that I want you to prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Because he knows that in that soulish realm, we how we feel about things, how we react to things, how we either understand or lack understanding about things is going to affect the bottom line. And we walk away lack of understanding or wrong understanding or too much understanding. You know, too much understanding sometimes about a thing means I go beyond God's word. The Bible calls that leaning towards your own understanding and not acknowledging God in all our ways. Now God can't direct my path. Well, God's not going to direct my path. Somebody's going to direct my path. Somebody's going to go tell me to go buy that 18-bedroom house I don't need. Somebody's going to go tell me to buy a jet because my neighbor got one. Somebody's going to go tell me I need a bigger carpet, big, big, bigger garage, or build bigger barns because I got to put more stuff in there. Because I want everybody to drive by and look at my house compared to everybody else. You know, the wrong attitude leads to the wrong understanding. And all of this is our benefit. We're beneficiaries of what God has done anyway. He's given everything to us that pertains to life and God that we may enjoy. So, again, I want to speak to us about this subject this morning that all just kind of came together in the last few minutes. Our attitudes and our understanding determines the use of our riches. How do we use the things that we gain from God? How do we use the blessings that God gives us? You know, are we blessed to be a blessing? Do we try to bless somebody else's life because we're blessed? The Bible said, hey, don't owe no man nothing. Be a lender, not a borrower. But if I'm greedy and going to hang on to everything and just always think about me and try to get more and get more, well, much is given, much is required. Got to constantly be making these attitude adjustments. And if my attitude, if the truth can't adjust my attitude, then I'm going to transgress against the law of God. And now I got a problem with God. I'm subject to lose everything past the people I've inherited. I've gained in a godly way. And sometimes we watch what the world is doing and we want to pattern everything we do like the world because we want to fit in. We want to be accepted. We want to be in that status quo. We want people to think highly of us. And you shouldn't let your left or right hand know what, uh, you know, just should be between you and God. That's the right attitude. Stay humble. 
You don't have to go out here tune your horn, pat yourself on the back. Look what I did, you know. Wrong attitude. And so that's kind of what we're going to look at this morning. And so let's go to the book of uh, 1 Timothy chapter 6. And let's just start at verse 1 here. Amen. Paul is uh, ministering here and really grooming and, and, and shaping the attitude and the understanding of this young bishop, this young minister, this young pastor who already had some foundational teaching. He had some, some foundational stones that were in place. He wasn't totally ignorant to, you know, gaining things in God's way. But nevertheless, before he's going to launch out here and be in charge of other people, other, you know, other church members and being over them because he hadn't been there yet. He hadn't ventured into that area yet, being responsible for them, teaching them, training them, keeping them, holding them accountable. So Paul comes along who had had some experience. You know, Paul had had some experience in this area. And so he's now adopting Timothy's son in the ministry. He saw some he saw some foundational stones in his life. He saw some foundational things that Lois and Eunice's grandmother had instilled in him. And he was able to pick up that even from a child. He had been taught these things and learned these things. So all wasn't a waste or a bust for Timothy. He just probably needed some attitude adjustment. He probably needs some polishing of his understanding because now he's getting ready to go to another level of ministry. You know, and when we started talking about truth seekers we felt like God was taking us to another level of ministry. We did not feel like we're the only ones. We feel like from what we've seen on social media, there's other groups out there. There's other churches out there that are catching the wind of this type of doctrine, that God wants us to know the truth. If he wants us to know the truth is first protected, then that means he wants the people that we're leading to know the truth. It's not just for me, but it's for people that we're going to lead, people that we're going to help, that we're going to assist. And if I don't have the right attitude, anybody going to listen to me and follow me? Paul said it like this, follow me as I follow Christ. It seemed like one of the hardest things for, for leaders, clergy to do is to allow people to follow you if you follow Christ, that condition. It's just follow me because I'm the bishop. Follow me because I'm the apostle. Follow me because I'm the pastor. Follow me because I say so. Follow me because they put me in charge. Wrong attitude. Wrong understanding. Jesus said, the greatest in my kingdom is he who serves. Not, he said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve. Well, look at here. If you're going to represent me in the earth, in the church, or wherever you at, you got to have the same attitude. Or I'm not blessed. I'm not pleasing. I'm not going to bless it. If you got people following you just because of your title, your reputation, and not because you following me, you're all going to walk off the ditch, the cliff, and fall in the ditch, and both of you are going to be in the destroyed together. So you got to get this attitude adjusted. And what's the best way for a leader in the church or clergy, leading people or prophet or, or evangelist or, or a bishop or apostle? We got qualifications in the Bible. We'll ever follow them and be charged with them before we put these titles on and be launched in the ministry like Paul is getting ready to do with Timothy. You know, the best way. Is to go by what God has given us in the Bible and be and charge ourselves with that. This charge I take, you know, glorify. How am I going to glorify God in my calling if I don't do it the way He's instructed me to do it? Or others who are going to follow me or follow us as we follow Christ. How can we succeed as clergy? How can we succeed if we got people following us because they they think they're going to get some anointing or something on them? 
They think they're going to get something that I got. I ain't got nothing if I don't have Christ. Character all messed up. Just saying stuff to be saying stuff. It sound good. Looking the part, but ain't living the part. And people just following. You know, I want, I want my bitches anointed. I want my pastor anointed. You don't see this with Timothy. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. In other words, license him. If I don't follow Christ, don't you follow me? And this ought to be the attitude, Pastor P. Pastor in every house of worship. Follow us as we follow Christ. You know, it, it has become such a fashionable custom that, and we see it on social media. You go to, if you ever visit churches, you watch the attitude of the leaders. I call them the big shots. They sit up there, man, with the big chair that's, I, don't, I said, man, they, that chair looked like he'd build for somebody nine foot tall. The, the back of the chair up so high, blocking the window in the back, and they sitting up in there, done sunk down in the chair, you know, big old gut done carried and pulled them over the cane, sit up straight. And they sit there like they church ain't even started. They so tired. And they're telling you, y'all clap your hands out there. Y'all praise God. Come here to worship the Lord. Clap your hand. I don't hear nobody clapping. Why they sitting there telling you, dealing our orders what to do? Wrong <coughs> attitude. And as a leader, okay, let me demonstrate in my own attitude how to lift your hand before the Lord. How to bow before the Lord. How to sing hallelujah praise to the Lord. How to lead. How to be the example. Why? My attitude has been adjusted to do this. And I understand that it's a difference in telling people to clap their hands, telling people to stand and worship the Lord, telling people to praise God, than standing up and demonstrating it. Paul said it was like this. I did not come to you with enticing words or excellency of speech or philosophy. I didn't come to you with that. I didn't come to you with the tradition of men that made the glorious God for no effect. In other words, I didn't come to just do what they've always done. Paul said, I come with a demonstration. Now, y'all know what a demonstration is. If I tell you to lift your hand, then let me show, show me how to lift it. If I'm telling you to clap, show me how to clap. You know, lead me, lead me, lead me down the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Not your name's sake, not your title's sake. Show me how to do it. Demonstrate it to me. And Paul said, I come with a demonstration of the spirit. And you're talking about the spirit of truth now, the spirit of excellence. Not my spirit, because it ain't excellent. But the, with the spirit of truth, I, I come to you with a demonstration of the spirit of God and the power of God. Mm. And if I'm so tired, that means I ain't got no power. I ain't got no power to stand. I'm trying to reserve my energy for them 10 minutes that I'm going to stand up there and crone. And sit back down. You might hear a word of truth and you might not. But whatever you hear, it ain't going to take no more than seven to ten minutes. And I'm going I'm to I'm juice it up. I'm going to give you everything I got. One big black. And then I'm finished. And this is the attitude that's sweeping across the pulpits. We've been learning over in the book of a, a three John chapter one verses, you know, one through uh, 13 there, man, 14 there about all of this stuff. 
John is writing this letter to his beloved friend Gaius, wrote it to their lady, telling them to protect you know, the pulpit from these folks. Don't let them in your house. Don't let them in the house of worship. Y'all picking people based on status quo. You're picking people based on what the, what the, 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 the Saras and the Illuminati have told you that, yeah, hey, yeah, put the, yeah, put, get, put him in there. We're going to put him in there. We're going to send him down there. Y'all need, y'all need to ship. Well, if they worship in the wrong light, we don't need that kind of light. It leads to more darkness, more bondage. Lord want his people to know the truth and that truth make them free. And it just so happened we're talking about the area of financing because we believe with all these aggressive beggars, all these false prophets, all these filthy lucre seeking people that's going out there still begging for money. God ain't sent out no aggressive beggars. This is why this lesson is so important that Paul is adjusting Timothy's attitude here. And so adjusting our attitudes. So we as leaders, we as clergy, don't go out aggressively begging people for money, but we go out and try to remind them, just like Paul reminded Timothy, what he was taught as a young child. Some of us came up in the church and maybe forgot half of the stuff we were taught, but nevertheless, the seed is in us. We've been pouring water on that seed. Somebody's been pouring water because here we are now, a little bit more mature than we were, but we still following Christ because our parents followed him. Did they follow him like we follow him today? No, because they, they, they couldn't go no further than they had been, been led. They couldn't teach no further than they had been taught. They couldn't give no further than they had been given. But we can't make that as an excuse today. We got to get our attitudes right. It's on us now. And this is what Paul is telling Timothy. And then he tells Timothy, Timothy, this same word that changed me, the same God of this world that changed me on the road to Damascus, is the same one right now that is giving you his word as doctrine, inspired of God, breathed out by God. I'm not the first Timothy that this word was given to. I'm just added to the list. You're now getting ready to be added to the list. And for every generation after that, God has been reserving many women, generations, establishing his covenant, his spoken word, what he said. And it seems like more and more we want to go by what men say. Not what God say. We're more into uh, wonderful philosophies and speeches and all of that. Some of it has got some word laced in it. Some of it don't. But we want the pure, unadulterated, infallible, authentic word of God. That's the truth. That's the moral and ethical standard. And when the enemy comes in with all this other watered down stuff that causes people ears to itch, and they go running after these conferences. And we know, I'm, 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 I'm just pointing it out now. I got to go get me a word. They don't say I got to go hear the truth. I got to go get me a word. I'm kind of like this. When I went to conferences, when we was into that that mode, I carried my Bible. And I used to see all these thousands of people filling up these auditoriums. They got no Bible. I used to see them out there in the hallway. And I'd be like, what they doing with these bags with this church emblem on it? And some of them have seven or eight bags, and they just stuffing it with CDs, stuffing it with books, and be weighted down with that stuff. Telling somebody to hold their place in line when everybody trying to get in the auditorium to hear the speaker, they got to run back out to the car, put all that stuff in the trunk, to haul back to their wherever they came from. And I'd be like, I got my big Holy King James right here, you know, 66 books. And I'm praying and hoping whoever the speaker is or speaker that they're going to open this bad boy up. So I, I got my highlighter. That's all we used to take now. A notepad, Bible, and a highlighter. 
and little tabs so we can follow along. But how I many you know we could have kept that money because they didn't give us enough worth of the tab and follow along with nothing. They did tell us about they didn't get some of that free product. You know. And you paid for it at the end. When offering time came, some folk couldn't wait for offering time. They just started going to their stuff, throwing hundred dollar bills up on the thing, man. I'm like, what is going on? And so this morning, we were here this morning, just like over the years, we've had our attitudes adjusted. We've had our understanding enlightened. And now we know things that are of God and we know things that are not of God. And so we ain't mad at nobody out there for choosing to continue to live your life that way. We've just decided over the years with the help of God, help of the spirit of God to walk in truth, to teach it to our children. That we need the truth to stand in the church and defend our faith or in the marketplace, because there's a lot of challenges out there. People are going to question why you believe the way you believe. What church you go to? Who told you that? Where did you get that from? And unfortunately, a lot of time, a lot of good intended people don't know what answer to give because they don't even remember where they got it from. Some people will tell you, well, my, I heard my bishop say, where did he get it from? Where did she get it from? Well, I went to the conference and the prophetess said this, and I, I never will forget that. They laid hands on me, poured a gallon of oil on me, and I went down on the floor. And, and this is what people walk away with. Wrong attitude, going back out here, man, saving money for the next conference. I, I ain't going to miss it. I already made my reservations. I already put in my leave for that. For, for I, don't, I don't know what, how, whether I'm going to get off or not, but I'm sure going. I'm, I'm coming up with something right now. I'm saving sick these days. I can't miss it. And some folks are going to flat out lie. They already done planned to lie. What they going to do? Wrong attitude, wrong understanding. Okay. And this is what's determining our riches, our, you know, how we gain things, how we become rich. And we are rich, okay, in faith, y'all. The Bible said that, that God said, look, he, he, he loves the, the poor that are rich in faith because they, they are in, they're, they're the ones who are going to inherit the kingdom of God. You know, and so let's look at what Paul is telling Timothy here. And I want you to get this attitude as we approach this this morning, because I thought about this. You know, when you look at the class classes in society, and how they're made up. There's an argument that's going on right now in the school system about how to educate our kids. And part of what they're trying to eliminate is the, the, the part of black history that has some profound lessons learned that I think need to be taught to all cultures who are in this public school fear. They need to understand that they, they need to understand. They not, they should not fear. Why? It's because our white brothers and sisters are others of different colors and different ethnicities. You know, you got Asian Americans. Now you got you, you got, you got a diverse group of kids in our public school system that have a right to learn not only American, history because they don't they don't slant it that and it's not just pure american history anymore because you leave our races of people that was a part of it you know and so they have a right to know this history okay and one of the things that seems to be a great fear that people have y'all is when you talk about slaves even even people whose ancestors some of ours were who were, who were owned by slave owners 
had to have the right attitude to be owned by a slave owner. They had to have the right understanding that that was not God's will. See, and you got you got to know what 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 that was. You can't hide that from the children so that they can know in this day and age that that was not God's will. OK, and they need to be able to look at like I look at some of the things that my grandparents told me about their parents and what they were up against. But the one thing that was always protected and they had the right attitude about was as long as they stayed in their place, there was a place for them, even as slaves. And as long as they stayed in their place, they could go worship on Sunday. The master, matter of fact, you know, taught them stuff out of the Bible because they weren't allowed to read and to write. But the highlight of all that was they got to go sing their songs. They got to go worship their God. They got to go praise God. They got to go hear the word, you know, spoken to them. And what it did, and I'm, I'm and, and, and I could say I'm ashamed to say, but I ain't no more now that I know the truth, is that they were slaves. But as a slave in that time, it's egregious. But that's not my attitude today because I ain't trying to get even at nobody for how what they went through. But what I look at, Pastor Sharon, is their attitude in that situation. And their attitude was they understood that they were a slave. Was it right? Was it legal? Not before God. But there's a lot of things today that people are enslaved in in a free society. Ain't right before God. There are people sitting in church that are enslaved with ignorance. Pride, spiritual darkness, spiritual blindness. Is it right before God? No. But they've adjusted their attitude to accommodate that, that, that. You know what I'm saying? They're caught up in it. So who's really the slave? You know, so some somewhere the attitudes have been adjusted to accommodate that type of lifestyle. Is it based on truth? I don't know. I don't think so. So you gotta have the right attitude regardless of what you enslaved to. And this is what Paul is telling Timothy. This is what God is telling us. When it comes down to your financial wellness, like any other area of wellness in your life, you ought to want to be enslaved to the truth. What does God say about it? We were enslaved to what people told us, what the bishop said, what the prophet said two years ago, where it ain't came to pass yet, or 20 years ago. We stay enslaved to it. We have that attitude about it only because somebody with a title said it at a mega whatever, at a, you know. And so we have no problem adjusting that attitude now. When when this year, God wants us to know the truth, <coughs> to seek the truth, not just for the sake of saying I know the truth, but so that we can become enslaved to the truth so nothing can pull us away from the truth. This is what Paul is adjusting Timothy's attitude. And he says, Timothy... You're going to have the attitude of a believing slave or unbelieving slave to the truth. To what Lois and Eunice, your mother and grandmother, taught you. It's amazing here today, older and later on in our life, we can't get away from the things our parents taught us. <laughs> can't get away from it. It follows us everywhere we go. We make reference to them today. And they're they're resting 
body in the grave and their spirits are with God. And here we are today. It's because our attitude has been adjusted by them early on, and we're still enslaved to those teachings. Some folks say, well, I'm enslaved to them beatings I used to get. Got the right attitude. And Paul is telling Timothy this. He's saying, Timothy, are you a believing slave? Okay. And, and I'll say when it comes down to work, enslaved, are you a believing employee or employer? This is the attitude that Paul just in here. He uses language like slave, but I, I thought when he's talking about slave, I was trying to relate it to slavery. But he's talking about being in a relationship with an employee and an employer. It makes a difference when Pastor Sharon, you work for believing bosses or employers, Pastor Phoebe. Then when you're working for unbelieving, and I know I got witnesses. Y'all know how people can be if they not say it on the job. We we all came up that way. But you know what got us through it, going through the years and why we're free today? Because our attitudes were adjusted early on. And we knew the importance of doing that work to the best of our ability. Because we didn't want to lose our job. We didn't want to get fired. So what did we do? We adjusted our attitudes, not because they were white employer and we were a black employee. We knew what that was about. So we didn't treat it like we were slaves. We treated like we was believers. And God was going to bless us. And God did. We didn't cheat them. We went to work with the right attitude. Knowing all along how things could turn just like that. We, we knew that they were not saved. Come on. Some of them would all call us out. Don't come here with that more holy than I stuff. Right away, you would flag went up and saying, well, this ain't a, this ain't a saved boss. So I'm really going to have to tread lightly here. I'm really going to have to walk a fine line here. Thank God we were saved enough that we could humble ourselves. All I wanted was the check to be in the bank on Friday. I can adjust my attitude. This is what Paul is dealing with here with Timothy. Are you are you a believing, even if you were a slave, working for a slave master or, or a hard boss, as a believer, mm-hmm. are you a believing employee, whether they are believing employee or not? And on the other hand, look at what Paul said. He said, let as many servants as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor. Because I'm the believer. Come on, come on, come on. And I'm going to respect. What did Jesus say? Give to Caesar what Caesar's. That's right. Okay? But there's another side on that coin. Mm-hmm. You know? That's your boss. Then, hey, you give your boss an honest day's work, you're going to get an honest day's wage. You are a believer. Mm-hmm. That's what he's telling Timothy. It ain't about your boss. It's about you, Timothy. You're the one that was raised up by Eunice and Lord. We're the ones, y'all, that was raised up by our parents, you know, to know right from wrong, you know. And and, and that still adjust, helps adjust our attitude even today. Sometimes we'll sit back and say, boy, I know what my mom and them were talking about. I know, my, you know, I know what they went through. That's far as we go. That's, that's all the attitude adjustment that we need to make right there because we're not them. But we learned some lessons. And he said that every servant, I like that. As are under the yoke. And now and now we're all servants. And we say we're servants. And we shouldn't want to be served, but we should want to serve. 
and count, he says, under the yoke. We know what the yoke is. They ain't saved. You know, count their own masters worthy of all honor. Yeah, I'm going to give you the, the honor that you do. I had superiors, man. I, I felt like sometimes I want to take them behind and wish they had not been, but I couldn't do that. I was a subordinate. And in the structure that I was in, I, you know, I had to respect the position they held. You know, he said they worthy of all honor that the name of God and his doctrine be not blasphemed. Amen. I'm Christian. They already done figured out, I'm, you know, they're they throwing in your face. I'm coming out more holy than our stuff and you cussing. They got every right. But God is not being exalted. He's not shining through you because of your attitude and your lack of understanding in the workplace, the marketplace. And he said that the doctrine be not blasphemed, you know. So what he's saying here, our duty toward, I use the word is in the, in the book of masters, meaning our bosses, okay, or our employers, we have a duty. What is that duty, y'all? Now, here we're talking about financial wellness because if I lose my job, I got to go get another job. I got to start from scratch. I don't want that. I can't forfeit these 25 years. Mm-mm. I'm working toward my retirement. Don't come throwing those servants in my pen. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. The duty here we owe to them is respect. Mm-hmm. That's it. You talk about financial wellness and that in those situations, the right attitude and the right understanding is I owe you respect. That's all I owe you. And the reason is we want to avoid reproach to God's name and what we've been taught by God. That's what he's telling Timothy. This way, see, 30 years later, Pastor Phoebe, you can retire. Pastor Sham, we can retire. You talk about here in a little bit, you're going to begin your retirement. Think about if you'd have had a nasty attitude when you were working. Think about if you had the wrong understanding when you were working. If you'd have got fired and rolled up, you couldn't sit here and say, hey, it's a matter of time, I'm going to get my stuff. You know. And you you, you, you had to respect that, just like all of us. The reason was we messed around and got saved, and now we had another boss we had to please, name it Jesus. We had to avoid any reproach to God's name, just like Paul told Timothy up here. He said that the name of God in his doctrine be not blasphemed. All right. Be not criticized. You know, let's go on verse two. He says, and they that have believing masters. See, he's talking about working for people who bosses don't believe. Then he's talking about the addition of blessing. If you know that your boss is saved, you ought to look forward to coming to work and put a big smile on your face. You know, you ain't even thinking about getting fired. And they that have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved partakers of the benefit, just like we are. These things teach and exalt. That's just the truth. So we have a duty here toward our Christian I'll use the language that you master bosses, employers, and the duty we have toward them is to do not disrespect them because they are believers. Thank God for them. Pray for them. They are also, Paul said, brothers and sisters. And the duty we have is to give greater service of faithfulness toward them 
because it's going to bear fruit in the end. Yeah, yeah. My pay raises are not going to be held up with stupidity. They'll believe it. They got to do right by God just like I have to. And so Paul is laying out both sides of this thing to Timothy. Because he wants Timothy to gain as a pastor, not to lose. He wants Timothy to have the right attitude and the right understanding so that God can bless Timothy. God can smile favorably on Timothy just like he do us. And the other argument he makes here, as I'm close here, is about the false teacher. So when you look at verse 3 here, he says, If any man teach otherwise and consent not to be not wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, can't get no more wholesome than that, and the doctrine which is according to what? Godliness. You know, not tradition of men, but God, not because I say so. Got to run a little bit deeper than that. Okay, we got to see is it what I'm doing pleasing God? So if they being nasty, do I do be do I do be nasty about back? No. Kind words is like pouring hot oil on the enemy's head. And sometimes they know it. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. No, sir. Sir, with all due respect to your rank and your position, can I just have my day in coordinate? Whatever you say, that's what we'll roll with. You don't have to be belligerent, ignorant. You know, you got to learn how to deal with these things. Why? I'm representing a kingdom that's that's not of this world. He teaches about false doctrine. He does not agree to the sound teaching of Christ. He does not agree to godly teaching. So ain't no need of you trying to beat your brain up trying to convince them. You're going to have those kind of bosses, those kind of employers, and you're going to have ones who are of the same spirit you are. But you're still going to have to, you know, understand who I'm representing, who you represent in the situation, regardless if they save or not save. Well, if I don't let my light so shine that men can see my good works and they too glorify my father, which is in heaven, I'm going to be a very unhappy camper in that job. One of the things that I've learned in my personal experience, Pastor Sharon, you were witness to this and Pastor Phoebe, y'all witness to this, mm-hmm. is that I was put in situations and tested to the limit. And it wasn't until I got over my attitude of wanting to quit, give up, get out, you know, go do something else at 18 years in. And I heard the Lord remind me through my wife, what about what you said about this? What about when you said this? And then right away, I learned that promotion don't come from them anyway. They come from God. The book of Psalms, chapter 75, verse 6 and 7. And then verse 6 first come from, don't come from the, you know, East, west, or south, left out north, meaning heaven is in the north, actors of the universe. That's where blessings come down from God. That's where promotions come from God. I had to learn that in the scripture. That truth made me free, changed my attitude, adjusted my understanding. Then I didn't realize verse 7 until later on. Got promoted. You know, now I'm good because the word works. The truth works. Made me free, adjusted my attitude, got some understanding. A big pay raise in a godly way. And I can look at them people, man, and say, yes, sir, with a big smile. Yes, sir. God bless you, you know. They still talking about it. don't come in here with that old more holy than I still. Then a few years later, time for another promotion. Guess what? God took one down and raised me up and replaced them with me. So we got to see it from both sides, y'all. Saved employers, unsaved employers. But right in the middle of it, to gain in a godly way, 
I had to do some serious attitude adjusting to accommodate myself in that environment and that situation. To overcome that situation, I had to do it God's way. Hurt my pride, y'all. It hurt me because I was a hard-nosed soldier, man. I knew that, hey, I done did everything I'm supposed to do, everything required of me. It was so unfair. But as a believer, you we're taught to go the extra mile, turn the other cheek, you yeah. know. Because God is going to reward us. God is going to promote us. God is going to deal with our enemies. He's going to fight them battles for us. And so listen to what Paul said. We moved it closer. We didn't get as far as I wanted to, but that's okay. We got far enough. He says, if any man teach otherwise and consent not to the wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, that's the overriding factor right there, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, that is the adjustment right there. That's it. Is it, is it godly? What I'm doing, what I'm saying. Sometimes don't say nothing. It's more godly than what I say. Come on. Sometimes just standing still, seeing the salvation Lord at work is the victory. Studying to be quiet. Mind your own business sometimes. You are the believer. And you're trying to win them over. You're trying to get them to follow you as you follow Christ. And sometimes it's not the sermon you preach to them. It's not the response. It's how you handle the situation. That's I right. tell people a lot of times, it's not what happened to me when I went through I didn't know this going through, and I had to learn this later. That God had not forsaken or abandoned me. But who you become for having gone through it. Look at who we become today. Sitting here talking about truth. Talk to somebody how to be in a relationship with an unsaved boss and a saved boss. <laughs> we look back and we laugh. But see, we came through that way. And now we we mature, you know. We mature. He teaches us about false, you know. People, false unbelievers, you know, false doctrine. You know, we learn all of this, you know. And if people don't agree with sound doctrine, that's no excuse for you not to. Um, you know, um, if they if, if they don't agree with the godly teaching that's shaping and molding your attitude and helping your understanding right now, that's on them. If they really knew what a value you are to that firm or to that job, you know, and a lot of times it's unfair. People don't. But that's why right now we can say we're financially well. You know, we're not millionaires and billionaires, but we're rich in faith because of the doctrine, because of the word of God. And we know that God is going to provide for us because he's our Jehovah John. And so ain't no false teaching going to come and throw us off our course, going to shake us up and make us tremble and, oh, the world is this and the world is this. No, because our trust and confidence is in God who owns everything who owns everything. So we're going to bring it in right there. Uh, you know, we know that there are secrets that God has given us to live by that, that is a strength to us. And, and I'm going to leave you with this and we're closing. Contentment is one of the best secrets. Okay? Being content. No matter what situation you find yourself in, Paul says, I've learned that with yeah. to be content, how to be full, how to abase, how to abound, all at the same time now. That's the attitude. That's the understanding. But as I close, here is what I just learned yet last night, sitting here at the counter about contentment. That's a great gain to us. And if you don't get nothing else out of this lesson, 
contentment with godliness is the greatest gain there is. You can be content now and be mad at him, but if you have contentment with godliness, that's the greatest gain there is. And this is what Paul left with Timothy. This is what he taught Timothy, to adjust his attitude as a new pastor, as a new bishop. So if you out there today, and this has been a new walk for you, this year is taking off for you, and you're seeking out the truth, here's some truth I want to leave with you and impart to you. As a truth seeker, it's not just enough to be content, to take it, to put up with it, to go there to my attorney. If God is not being glorified, if his name is not being glorified, if the doctrine is not being put on put on, on, on display in your life, it's still not gain. You still got the wrong attitude. Harbing stuff in your heart. But it's godliness with contentment. Or it's contentment with godliness is great gain. In this day of darkness and that we're living in, it affects our bottom line. And truth, seeking the truth helps us to gain in a godly way. And there should be nothing out there, no false teaching, nothing, no titles, no nothing that should rob us of that blessing. And so, Father, we thank you this morning. We praise you this morning for what we've heard, what we've learned. We're praying, God, that we walk away with this in our hearts this morning, that we be able, Lord, to honestly share with others as we walk by truth, as we live by truth, as we strive for more truth. But, God, it it, it doesn't benefit anyone if we don't do it with godliness. And so we ask you this morning, Lord, to let us put this in our hearts for safekeeping. That we know this truth in our inward parts and this wisdom in our innermost being. That we may be able to apply it to this walk. So we thank you for it this morning, Lord. Now let this word go out and help someone out there right now that is struggling, that is torn between two opinions, straddling the fence, don't know what to do, God. And they're battling with false teaching and false prophecies and false people, Lord God. And they're right now in a, in a terrible way. So we're praying something that we've said has freed them in this area. That they too believe now on God's word that I too can have financial wellness if I just do it in a godly way. Then I can. So we thank and we praise you for it now in Jesus' wonderful name. We pray. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord.